In the Haitige Seder Vedetzel, in the Sedra, it uh, the, the relates as Moshe Rabbeinu had gebeten by Moshe Rabbeinu asked Hashem, Show me your glory. And the Ebishtatim Gemfet Hashem responded, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to see my face and so on however you will be able to see the back of me my face cannot be seen Rashi quotes the words of you will see the back of me when his Mepharash he explains what does that mean Hashem showed him the knot of his tefillin the back on the head tefillin in Yonashal Pirish Rashi Alatayra is some Farazan Pshudushal Mikra. Now we know that Rashi's goal in his commentary on the Tayra is to explain the simple meaning of the Psukim. Dafim Fashtein, so according to this we have to understand. What is difficult to understand in this Pasuk, in Pshudushal Mikra, at least on the surface, which causes Rashi to explain as a Khaira made Keshushal film that. The back of me means the knot of the tefillin. Mekenishem ferin as by Rashi nishver. We can say that the the difficulty that Rashi is dealing with is the past zogn dem toyer achayray b'mebishin. Because how could you describe the back of me in regards to Hashem? The balda ebishin is mufshut from yedetzir. Since Hashem is completely removed from any kind of description at all. While in the Torah, and since he's, you can't describe any part of Hashem, so how are you describing the back of him? So how does the Torah use the term, the back of him? So it can't mean it literally, and therefore he says that it means the knot of the tefillin. Why can't you say that that's what he's dealing with? The reason is, well, in Torah, in Torah, in Torah, the Torah often, a number of times, many times, describes certain aspects of Hashem. Afilu and Afilu Gashmim, even giving him physical descriptions. In regards to Klapet in regards to Hashem, like, you know, the hand of Hashem and so on. And we don't find that Rashi should uh, note it. That since we cannot say that it meant literally that they're going to describe a, a, a physical feature of Hashem, the fathers of the Pirush Nishkipshuti, and therefore he comes to the conclusion or he explains to us that it doesn't mean it literally when he says the hand of Hashem, it doesn't mean literally then, nor the Pirush is kach vakach, but and then he goes on to give the explanation of what exactly is meant by that physical description so since we don't find that so then why suddenly here in fact in this very this psukim itself in this, in this subject here free estate first the Torah says you cannot see my face Rashi doesn't note and explain as the Pirush from Panim Lamaila, what, what exactly is the meaning of my face in its spiritual sense? So, therefore, and yet when he gets to the back of me, he finds the need to explain it. Why would that be? 
Muslims sagen, therefore we have to say, das ist nicht an ihnen, was Rashi stellt sich ab, therefore we're left with the conclusion that this is not something that Rashi explains, because he doesn't explain it anywhere else, where physical descriptions of Hashem come up. Therefore, why does Rashi find it necessary to explain what exactly is meant by the back of me in this case? The Shaila is noch starker, and the question is even greater. Oibdos is kosha by Rashi in Pasuk. If that's what Rashi finds difficult about the Pasuk, meaning how do you say the back of me in regards to Hashem, how could you say the back of me in regards to Hashem? Is in the Emfer So then, how does he answer it by saying that it really means the knot of the Tfilin? The knot of Tfilin is also a, a physical description. Which is being used as a, an analogy to the back of me. The back of me of who of Hashem. As the other commentaries explain, so then what have you gained from Mazbazain, the Ben Chomish? What have you gained by explaining to the to the child that's learning the Chomish that it means as a is that the back of me doesn't mean literally the back of Hashem, because you can't give a physical description for Hashem so what do you gain by saying nor does mean film, but it really means the knot of the tefillin the knot of the tefillin is the same has the same problem you just describe the physical feature of Hashem not as the back of me but as the knot of tefillin which is also a physical thing so what does he gain by explaining that in fact the opposite is true not only have you not gained anything by explaining it you've made it more complicated if you find the need to find an analogy for for the five-year-old child of what the back of me means from what does it mean to us when it, we're talking about the back of Hashem is the marshal from Ponim and Ocher by Adam Lamata so then using the analogy of the face and the back of the head of a physical human being so in Ponim is the Ordu Mezed Begilui Milus Adam using the analogy in this way the face of a person is where you see the unique qualities of the person it, it, the face represents his abilities that's where he sees from that's where he can hear from and so on the other features of a, a human's way, mode of expression whereas on the other hand the back of a person his head where if you look at the back of a person you don't see anything um, you know, outstanding as a human looking at his back in fact you might not be able to tell that it's a human head altogether you know, if a person has longer hair or whatever it could obscure the fact that we're actually looking at a person so using that analogy that the face is where you see the, the, the scripture you see what the person is the back is where you don't see, it's concealed. What he is, who he is, is concealed. That's a much better analogy to explain what's the, what it means in regards to Hashem, what these descriptions mean. In fact, that would be much easier to explain to a child than what exactly is meant by the knot of the tefillin. What does that represent? So the face and back 
actually is a better analogy. Again, face and back would mean where Hashem is revealed, and the back is where He's concealed, where He conceals Himself. The fact that you're using the same words in the analogy and in the analog. The face is the face both in the analogy, the face of a human, and in the analog, meaning that that's where you express your, who you are and what your, ability, your capabilities we also have to understand in Lash and Rashi in regards to the wording of Rashi. Why does he quote from the Pasuk also the word you will see? In fact, when he when he goes on to explain the word, what your what his back is, he says, He showed him the knot of the Tfilin. Why does he have to bring these two words? You will see, and he showed him. What he's trying to explain only is what is the meaning of the word, the back of me. So, you will see is not part of what he's trying to explain. He showed him the not is not what he's trying to explain. You should have written simply, quote from the Pasuk, the word, the back of me, it's the knot of the tefillin. Beis, the beer in them. So the explanation is this. Before Hashem responded to Meisha, in regards to his response to his request, allow me to see your glory. He responded, you will not be able to see my face. Before he says this, you will not be able to see my face. First, the Pasuk says, Vayoymer, and Hashem said, Ani aver I will allow to pass all of my greatness before you. And I will call out the name of Hashem before you. And I will find, give favor to the one I want to give favor. And I will give mercy to the one I want to give mercy. And only after that does he say, he says again, you will not be able to see my face, you will see my uh, only the back of me. What's the connection between the first thing that Hashem said in response to Moshe's request, show me, allow me to see your glory? So, wh- how is that a response? I will uh, pass by you and uh, and. Uh, and the whole lengthy answer that he gave is Rashi Mefaris. So Rashi explains what the, the two have to do with each other. Hashem was saying, the time has come that you should see my glory. That which I will allow you to see. And the reason that I'm showing you this is because I, would, I want to and I need to show you the order of prayer. I need to show you the system of prayer. I will pass with the whole, with the whole um, attribute of my greatness before you on the mountain. And I will call out the name of Hashem before you. What's the meaning of that? I'm going to show you how one goes about uh, asking for mercy from Hashem. 
So he was telling him, how do you go about asking for mercy? And it'll be in the way that you will observe me. This is how I will appear to you. Mu'utaf wrapped in a talus. V'kayr yud gimel midas and reading, uh, calling out the thirteen pr- uh, attributes of mercy. You know the Hashem Hashem kel racham achanon. Have a melamedus yisrael lasis, and therefore you will then teach the Jewish people to do it the same way. If they need my mercy, call out the thirteen attributes of mercy. So that's the first thing he said, and then b'hem shachlozeh. And then a follow-up to that is, is given the Tzvet Amir was the second thing that he said, he said, you're not going to be able to see my face, um, which means, even as I pass before you in my whole glory, my whole glorified existence, I will not give you permission to see my face. I'm going to appear to you fully, but my face you're not going to see, and that's what he was saying in the second, in the second point. Kumt ois. So therefore, we're left with this. As for is that you will see the back of me is not something separate from that whole lengthy thing that he said. I'm going to teach you how to pray. I'm going to teach you, and all that. There, the two are connected to each other. It is a continuation of what he said. I will pass before you, showing you my greatness. And then he concluded by saying, but you're not going to be able to see my face, you will only see the back of me. So that's a continuation of, I will show you my greatness. As the idea of Moshe that this observation, that Moshe will be able to see Hashem, the Mevishn, wrapped in a talus and calling and uh, saying the 13 attributes that will be expressed in such a way as uh, Moshe is meant to see the greatness of Hashem he's meant to hear Hashem see Hashem wrapped in a talus and that is supposed to be seeing the greatness of Hashem but seeing the greatness of Hashem will be expressed, you will see the back of me. So the two are connected. Seeing the back of me will show you my greatness. That's what we were left with. Gimel. al is nishvashtanik. So if that's the case, then we have to understand. Vas made the pasuk midver isa sachayre. What does it mean when the pasuk says, you will see the back of me? Since Hashem appeared to Moshe via Shliach Tzibur versus Ma'ut Betalus as a, in other places it says as a, as a chazan that's, that uh, represents that uh, davens for the leads the community in davening, which is Ma'ut Betalus wrapped in a talus. When the ears Moshe is given, and since Moshe is not able to see his face, nor Nochdem Avri, he will see him as the pasuk there says, after I pass by you, you will be able to see the back of me. That's the in the psukim. That's how it comes out. and therefore blows You will you'll only be able to see since you will see me only as I have passed. He said, "I will put you in the crevice in the rock." There was a crevice in the mountain. I will block your vision as I am passing by, and then I will remove my hands. So therefore, you will be able to see the back of me. So all Moshe saw was the back of him. 
is Vosfar an inu from Tira Bechvaydi. So then, what kind of what does it mean? You will see the greatness of me, the glory of me. If all you're seeing is the back, then what do you, what is he seeing? That's so great. Agaponim in an oifim from the isa sachayray is dogiven. So then, what kind of seeing the glory of Hashem was able to happen here? Then is muot of an atalus. Since when a person is wrapped in atalus. When you're looking at the person from the back, uh, you're seeing only the back of him. Talus completely blocks out any sight of the person that's wrapped in it. You don't know who it is in the talus. If you're looking at a shul from the back, you have no idea who's standing in front of you. All you see is talisim. So what do you mean he saw the glory of Hashem? Then atalus volgedaft gemachter from a special tayrezachn. Now, it would be different if a talus was made from some sort of a beautiful embroidered uh, fabric or some other kind of beautiful material which brings glory just wearing it. It's like a crown around you and so on. Vidbig de Kahuna, like for instance the garments of the Kayanim, which were fashioned in such a way that they represented, they expressed the honor and the beauty of the one wearing it just by looking at the garments themselves. They were done in a very beautiful way. They were beautiful garments. Uh, you know, multicolored and so on. Voltmen men Maybe we could, could then explain it this way. As he is created that when we talk about seeing the glory of Hashem, he says, as he's wrapped in the talus, is seeing the talus of Hashem. It's a beautiful talus. It, it beautifies the one that wears it. So therefore, seeing that is what Hashem made. You will see my the beauty of me as wrapped in a beautiful talus. Since the talus itself represents beauty and honor. But we don't find that a talus has any sort of condition that it should be made from some expensive material, some beautiful material. Not at all. But to the contrary, in was that the prevailing custom, the Jewish custom, and when it's a custom that is adopted by the entire Jewish community, that becomes part of Torah. So the Torah talus is a talus hashatz. Uh, is a talus hashatz is from Semer. The talus that the Chazan wears is simple wool. Especially according to the way the commentators explain talus in the Maimah Chazal. The in like the way they interpret the word talis, which to us means, when we say talis, we mean the garment that you wear by davening. But back in the day, in the way they interpreted it, and throughout the Gemara and so on, a talis doesn't mean a prayer shawl. A talis means a garment, the stuff you, the the garment that you wear. Like in the Mishnah that says, two people that came and they're both holding on to a garment and each one says it belongs to him so we're talking about an ordinary garment not talking about some special specially designed or anything is something of status usually what the way they interpret it is levush it's a garment so therefore a talus isn't necessarily something of beauty so since we know that Moshe Rabbein is only going to be seeing the back of Hashem as he's passed by and the only thing that he sees is the, um, wrapped in a talus. And a talus is an ordinary, simple thing. 
without any glory and beauty and so on. So now what does it mean that he's seeing the beauty of Hashem? Of them and for the Rashi, and that's the question that Rashi has. So the Rashi gives the answer: Hereu kesheshel tefillin shorim the knot of tefillin. The roya oisi meut of main that when it says you will see me wrapped up in a talis, it means nish nor mitn talis. Not only that I'm wrapped in a talis nor oich mit tefillin, but also I'm wearing tefillin as well. Vid bechamish base and every child knows as a mall is a shatz meut of nor in a talis. Sometimes the chazan wears only a talus, Shabbos and Yontif. When I'm all with a talus and tefillin, sometimes he wears a talus and tefillin during the weekdays. So Moshe was able to see the knot of the tefillin, which of course is placed on the back of the neck, the back of the skull. So it's, uh, that's what he saw, is that knot of tefillin. What is that? So therefore... And the Farad Muzrashi Madgezayin, and that's why Rashi has to put the word in there, Her Eyu film. He wants to bring to our attention that Hashem showed him the knot of the film. That's not something that you would just by automatically see when you look at somebody's back. Why? Since Hashem appeared to Moshe as if he was wearing a talus, is the Kesha from Tfilm Sugadek Mitten Talus, and then the knot of the film is also covered by the talus. And how could Moshe see the knot? Rashi, so Rashi makes the point to say, that Hashem made sure that he would see the knot of the film. That Hashem, so to speak, that he uncovered, he removed the talus in that place. So that he could show Moshe the, the knot of the tefillin. That's why Rashi has to put in the word he showed it then, because the question wouldn't be answered simply by saying because the same question applies. Just as he can't see Hashem because he's covered by the talus, he wouldn't be able to see the knot of the tefillin either. So Rashi makes sure to tell the child he showed him the, the knot of the tefillin. What exactly is seeing the knot of the tefillin? How does that qualify as the seeing the glory of Hashem? That Rashi doesn't have to explain. Why seeing the knot of Hashem's film is considered seeing the glory of Hashem? That Rashi doesn't have to explain. Well, does that Ben Chamishan Because the the child sees it himself. Mezet as the tefillin shorosh. Whenever he sees his father wearing tefillin or other people, he sees that the tefillin, the head tefillin, leading away from cup, via keser, they sit on the head like a crown going around the head. Versus makif esarosh, the straps of the tefillin surround the head. Via keser versus makif esarosh. Therefore, the tefillin would certainly be considered a thing of beauty and uh, prestige and so on. And that's why he says, Rashi points out again, that he showed him the knot of the tefillin, not just simply, and what he could have said the tefillin, what would it mean? In the tefillin or in the front, if he showed him the tefillin from the back, what he would see was the straps of the tefillin. So Rashi doesn't say the straps of the tefillin. He makes sure to say the knot. the ritzuas and not the straps. Even though the straps hang down from the knot of the tefillin, 
and are actually longer than the knot itself. The knot is very small in comparison to the straps, and therefore more noticeable. And therefore, even when you're looking from the back, you see more of the strap than you see of the knot. So, but Rashi says that that's not what he showed him. And this is, you see this when he sees somebody wearing film, you see the straps are more visible than the knot. As the In fact, the, uh, the knot of the film can sometimes be covered by the yarmulke or the hat that you're wearing. Whereas the straps come down further down and therefore they're more visible. But Rashi doesn't want to say that he showed him the straps of the film. He wants to make sure that it's understood that he showed him the knot of the film. Why? Because the fact that the film, uh, the head filling is like a crown around the head, the melanina shall cover it, and therefore something of of uh, prestige and so on is uphanging in the kesha. That is all dependent on the knot. The knot causes that the strap should hold, you know, be tight around the head. So therefore the, the tefillin sit on the head like a crown as a result of the knot. So therefore, if you're not going to see the front, which means the tefillin itself, the other side, the knot of the tefillin is what causes the tefillin to be like a crown. And that's why I showed him that aspect of it, to bring out that this is a crown that sits around the head and so on, all brought about through the knot. So that basically explains the Rashi. But we still have to understand, looking a little more deeply into the matter, from the perspective of what is it all about. Since Hashem's fulfilling Moshe's request Allow me to see your glory. At least as well as it can be seen from looking at the back of Hashem. Came together alongside at the same time. When Hashem taught him the proper way for davening. And the recitation of the 13 attributes of mercy. As we said before. So therefore, these two things are not just uh, happen to be happen at the same time. It's not it's certainly not. The two are linked to each other. That when Hashem decides to teach Moshe how to ask for mercy from Hashem, Hashem allowed him to see his glory, how? By seeing his back. But the two must be uh, connected to each other. They wouldn't happen at the same time if they were just two random and unassociated things. Nor does his aninin ikri in them say that because his rachmin, but rather this is uh, essential and critical to the same issue of how to pray to Hashem and ask mercy. Kedei as the limud say that because his rachmin, in order that learning how to ask uh, petition Hashem so Zayim B'Shleim should be in its uh, most perfect way he had to be come along with you will see the back of me that Hashem showed him the tefillin the knot of the tefillin the two are linked to each other 
learning, understanding how to petition Hashem is connected to seeing the uh, knot of the tefillin. So what's the connection? That will understand that by first explaining something else. In them was to say that tefillin is an in an oifim vasroya oisi ma'uta v'kariyugilamidus. Hashem says to learn how to petition Hashem. He, I will sh- I will appear to you like a chazan that is wrapped in a talis and calling out the thirteen attributes of mercy. Thus, in them is nish movement. So that we have to understand as well that ikir inyan atfila is dov deamidus yudgilamidus arachmin. The main part, the, the essential part of the davening, as Hashem taught it here, was to invoke the thirteen attributes of mercy. Which are what brings that Hashem should favor and have mercy upon whoever is praying or whoever you're praying for. So why is it important that it has to be as you're wrapped in a talus? What's the connection between praying and invoking the thirteen attributes of mercy with being wrapped in a talus or a tefillin? Hey. In them. So one could say perhaps that one of the explanations at least is the general concept, the idea of a sin, which is the reason that one has to pray in the first place. And we have to petition Hashem for mercy and compassion that we should be spared the punishment that comes as a result of that sin. That comes from forgetfulness. Sinning comes as a result of forgetting. In general terms, the idea of forgetting also comes from klipa, from the negative side. Whereas when we talk about kedusha, holiness is ein we say there is no forgetfulness before Hashem. In other words, in holiness, there is no forgetfulness. In Klippa, there could be forgetfulness. And, and forgetfulness is what leads to sin. Why does forgetfulness lead to sin? Because Jewish people are believers, the sons of believers. In other words, it's, we're hardwired to believe in Hashem. Every Jew really believes that it's Hashem that created everything, the heaven and the earth, and everything in the heaven and the earth. And that Hashem renews again every single day everything in creation. Everything keeps being recreated every day, every moment. Every day and every moment. Hashem has to renew once again, all over again, the Gansabriya, the entire structure of creation. Nothing would just remain without Hashem bringing it into being constantly, every moment of the day, as the Baal Shem Tev teaches. And that happens. It's, he brings it from nothingness back into, into creation every moment of the day every second that passes, it once again would revert to nothingness if Hashem didn't recreate it at this moment. As Alter uh, continues in Tanya when he says this, 
there is a need for Hashem to do it every moment of the day, just like He did it the first time at the creation. Don't think that it's just, well, it just goes on to, you know, an automatic renewal. It's not. He has to do it every moment, and if not, it would be just like before creation. It would just revert back to pre-creation. So this is something that every Jew believes. If they know it, then they believe it. If they understand it, then they're, they're committed to that. Shtelzuch, the Shaila, so the question comes, when a yid erhert? If a yid truly relates to this, he hears it, but then it's, it, he relates to it, he's committed to that. As in the reg, is there, and if he understands that this very moment I was just created, Mechadosh, once again, Fundam Hashem created me at this very moment. And in a second from now, So in a second, I'm going to need him again to recreate me uh, once again. I'm going to have to bring me back into being from nothingness. Because this happens every moment. So if you think about that, I, Hashem created me now. In a second, I need him again. And in a second from that, I need him once again. How is it possible then that a yid, even if he's the biggest glutton or the biggest, he has the greatest cravings, how is it possible? How could a person succumb to a craving that he knows goes against Hashem's will? If he knows that just the second Hashem created him, in a second I need him to create him again, to create me again. Nobody is that coarse, crass. I'm, I'm, I hope Hashem creates me again, but I'm, in the meantime, this second I'm going to violate his his command. that I should. Uh, how can I not listen to Hashem and not? given to my cravings because uh, knowing that, I sh- that my whole existence is dependent on what's going to happen in the next second if Hashem will create me or not and that he has to create me together with my craving in this very moment that we're talking right now he has to recreate me so how could a person ever succumb to any craving that goes against Hashem and I feel when I'm doing and even if he imagines, as there had zera sach menis v'yikuvim, a person can imagine that you know regular people they can uh, you know give up on like, all these uh, challenges. But I am so challenged. I have so many difficulties that I have to deal with. which get in the way of my serving Hashem, and everybody has these. Uh, justifications and explanations how they're different than everybody else and they have a much more difficult time than anyone else in their serving Hashem so even if that were true in other words he imagines that his case is different he still knows because he's a believer and that's just natural to a Jew he knows with, with full certainty as that even those things which are disturbing him and get in his way, even those things, they also were only just now created by Hashem. 
Ma'ayim Efesam Bukhtu Mamish, from nothingness he brought them back into being right this second. As the al says, as if they were being created for the very first time right now. And therefore, so one cannot, so you can't imagine So therefore, you can't, you can't really believe that these things which you imagine are interfering with your service of Hashem are really interfering with the service of Hashem. They were just created by Hashem this very second. So then why would Hashem create something that's going to be truly go against His will? How could they really truly be a disturbance or interference to Yiddishkeit? To those things which Hashem wants. That is not imaginable. When Hashem just created them Himself, did Hashem really create something which is truly in opposition to what He to what He wants? The answer is that they're they're only there to present a challenge, but they're not really going against Hashem. It's Hashem that puts a little bit of a pressure. He puts some resistance so that you will, you know, have to go over the resistance and therefore move upward at a much higher rate at a much greater rate so they're not really going against Hashem really presenting a challenge they're just resistance like you know when a, an airplane flies a jet flies it needs resistance of the air in order to be able to move quickly through the air if it didn't have resistance it wouldn't be able to move forward so that's what these things really are and they're not in your way of serving Hashem they're just there to help you move forward at a better rate at a quicker rate Beam Cain, and if so, and since, so if so means, if you know all this, that Hashem just created you the second, and He knew you need Him to create you again in a second, so how could you not be able to, to control your cravings for this moment? So then, how could there be a Jew anywhere? If Anderstad would behave differently than this, is a something that he knows clearly is would go against Hashem, doing this would go against Hashem, whom he needs in order to keep him alive this very second. How could a, how could a Jew ever sin? Is there emphasis of them? So the answer to this is Ervestak is it. It's true. He knows this theoretically in his mind. But when he's committing a sin, what happens is he forgets all that. It goes to the back of the uh, the back burner. He doesn't. He's not thinking of it now. It has, it's wiped clean from his frontal lobe from thinking about it now. And that's how you can commit a sin because you ignore it because you're not really thinking about it. That's called forgetfulness. If a person, if a yid would have memory, he would have no faulty memory at all. Everything else that is in opposition to Yiddishkeit would it disappear? It would just dissipate. What would be front and center to a Yid at that in that condition would be Hashem's creating me right now. I'm going to do everything that He wants, of course. And therefore, would fulfill Torah mitzvahs fully. Even going so far, never mind mitzvahs that He needs to do or 
refraining from doing, committing a sin, but even other things, all the things that I do, just eating a meal would be only for the sake of serving Hashem. Everything in every way, whatever activity I'm involved in, is only for the purpose of serving Hashem. Even that would be perfect. And it would never occur to him to do something which is outside of that purview. Because he, front and center in, his, in, his, in front of his eyes would be, right now I need him to, he's creating me, he needs to create again and again and again. And when do I have, when am I ever going to do a sin? So therefore, it's only forgetfulness which allows a Jew to sin. And that's the reason why when you say these 13 attributes of mercy, you have to be wrapped in a talus. And the way Rashi puts it, also in Tfilin. Because both a talus and Tfilin, which means tzitzis and Tfilin, they both invoke the idea of remember who you are, remember what's going on. Where do we see in the Pasuk, in, um, by tzitzis it says, you shall see the tzitzis and remember. That's what tzitzis are meant to do. Bring back your memory of where you are, who you are, what's your relationship with Hashem, and so on. And in regards to tzitzis, it says, it shall be as a memory between your eyes. In other words, the tefillin also are described as bringing you back to healthy memory. And that's why tefillin and, uh, and tzitzis are essential to be able to fix and uproot the idea of sin. Which is what will bring bring you to be found, found favorable by Hashem and bring out compassion from Hashem when a person remembers and therefore gets back to doing it properly so then Hashem says oh I will give him uh, whatever he needs I'll give him whatever he wants so tzitzis and tfil are what help a yid to get back to a healthy memory therefore do tshuva therefore get rid of his sins and therefore find favor in Hashem and get compassion from Hashem based on this will also understand the why he showed him the knot of the film specifically the knot what's the connection between the knot of the film and how to petition Hashem in Zoyer von Heitige Sedra in the Zoyer of this week's Sedra he says in the Zoyer as Rabchi and Rabbi Yaisi these two sages, Rabbi and Rabbi Yaisi, have gemacht kshorim kedetsu nish vagessen the dibretayr vazayam gehert. They would tie knots in order to remember things that they learned. They didn't want to forget what they learned, so they tied knots. The Yisav Achreinim is written in the later commentators. Ados is oich amoker in Torah that this is also we find a source in the Torah. So them was amri inche to that thing which is a. Uh, it's a folksworth, it's something that people say, it's an expression, as machna knippel, that when you make a knot, is an eitze, nichts vergessen, asach was that if you want to remember something, tie a knot somewhere, so that you'll remember, that'll be your, uh, the way to remember what you don't want to forget. 
So that comes from the, the source of it is in the Zoyer, which says that these two sages of Chiyin Rabbi Yaisi would tie knots in order to remember the Torah that they learned. What's the connection between tying knots and remembering? We can explain this based on what is written in Megeres HaTshuva. In the Pirush Maimah Chazal, where he explains what our sages tell us, Adam that when a person commits a sin, what should he do in order to live? In other words, he should, uh, you know, what does he do to bring himself back into good favor in Hashem's eyes? If he was accustomed to reading one page a day of Torah, Yikra based off him, you should read two pages a day, grow and you know, do better. And this is, can be compared, that's what he says in the, in the Tanya, in the Geras Hachuva, <coughs> that this is like a, an analogy of a rope, Hanifsak, which when a rope breaks, it tears. The of a and then you, re, you make a knot where it tore, where it broke. That the place where you tie the knot, the rope is even stronger, doubly strong, because the knot is, of course, a few layers, so the rope becomes the strongest at the place of the knot. Thus, haste, in other words, that the inya from Keshe is that what does a knot mean, spiritually speaking, is starkeit. A knot means that when you connect to something, not just in, in the ordinary way that you are always connected to it, but that you truly invest yourself into it. You make sure the connection is much stronger and deeper. Bizas that to noif band is in an oifen from kafel mechubel until the connection becomes like a double and doubled again connection. And the fad is just a ticket of and that's why this can be the way to correct, fix a sin because when one connects with holiness in an even from Kesher in a way that it's a knot which means a much stronger connection is therefore it takes away the ability to forget that's as he said that in order to connect when they didn't want to forget something they tied knots knots means that you're doubly connected to it and therefore that makes it's going to be difficult to forget something that you're so invested into which as we said forgetfulness is the reason for sin if you have a double knot which means that you're not going to forget so therefore you won't commit a sin again and from the way it is in its spiritual sense that a spiritual knot is what nullifies what neutralizes klippa which is the source of forgetfulness that's why when the spiritual world evolves eventually into the physical world the same thing happens here as that when you make a physical knot it alleviates the uh, forgetfulness so people will tie a knot and something so that they'll remember they see the knot, they remember what they were supposed to remember this happens because in the spiritual sense a knot means doubly committed to something which doesn't allow for forgetting therefore in the physical world it also evolved that way tying a knot will make uh, help you remember Zion and that's the connection between 
when Hashem said that you will see the back of me Rashi says that he showed him the knot of the tefillin and what's the connection between that so say the Rachmim to teaching Moshe how to petition Hashem when Hashem was showing, teaching Moshe how to petition him, which is what brings about the, the system really is, when you do this, you will be fixing and correcting the sin that the person committed, and that's what, uh, of course, helps that Hashem should listen to your request. Is Hereyu, he showed him them teichna inyafuntikun. He showed him the knot, which means he showed him the method by which one can correct a sin. A knot means doubly connected, which doesn't allow you to forget, which makes you remember, and therefore, when you remember Hashem constantly, it's going to take away any possibility for sin. That's what he was showing him. Which comes through the knot of the tefillin. A strong bond, um, as the word kesher, which means the knot, and, and which remember, makes you remember tefillin. The kedusha, tefillin means kedusha, so that you're always cognizant and it's always in front, uh, right there in front of you, and not for, is some push to the back of your mind. You always remember your holiness and who you are and what you need to do and so on. Especially remembering that everything happens every moment through Hashem, and that doesn't allow you to commit a sin. And then when a yid makes sure that he doesn't forget, by remembering properly in Yiddishkeit in every matter of holiness and Judaism. That men we will very soon um, merit the fulfillment of the prophecy that the honor and glory of Hashem will be revealed to us and every person will be able to see that it's the, it is the word of Hashem. We won't have to remember anymore because we will see it constantly. You don't have to remember if you see it. Mid we'll see it with our own eyes, with the how the entire creation called Basa, which means is what the Pasuk means, all flesh, that the flesh, the creation will see that Rega is recreated at every moment through the words of Hashem that he speaks the world into existence. from nothingness and he brings it into being and this happens every moment by the word of Hashem this will happen when Mashiach will come he will come and redeem us he will lead us upright to our, our land speedily in our days